Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you for joining us here today at Emmanuel Church. I am Pastor Gabe, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, I always like to introduce myself, and along with my wife, Lijinska, we, pa- we have the honor of pastoring here in Emmanuel Church. And um, we are so grateful, so grateful for what God is doing here in this place, here in this church, here. And, you know, um, I've, I've loved uh, this time of of quarantine and everything, you know, we're in a series called a new normal right now. And this time of quarantine and everything has given me a chance a little bit to refocus things. And I think that the series is, is like that. That's what we're trying to do to refocus ourselves as we try to pick ourselves up back up together. But welcome first of all, to everybody that is here joining us in person. We are back in person. So if you are watching online, you are welcome to join us next week here in the house at 1130 AM. We are so glad to have everybody joining us, whether you're online or in person. Um, and if it's your first time, we want to know. And we want, because we want to be able to serve you the best that we can. And for those of us, for those who are already, already part of the Manual Church family, don't forget you can continue to support and give through giving online at myemmanuelchurch.com or texting the amount you want to give to 84321. Um, we, we are so grateful for the giving that you do uh, because it does help us to continue to improve what we are doing and serve you better here. And so we are so grateful for that. So thank you again for being here today. We are in uh, our series, A New Normal, week two of our series. And I'm going to be reading from the book of Zechariah, chapter 8, verses 4 to 13. Verses 4 to 13. And now a little context behind the, the, the story, because I love context. It's important to know what we're reading, why we're reading it, so that we can better understand the scripture. Because sometimes the Bible can be confusing. It can be confusing. It can be odd to read. And in this particular portion of scripture, the, the, Ze, the book of Zechariah is written by the prophet Zechariah, who was a priest. Uh, and... Um, who was a priest and a prophet, um, along with Haggai, uh, which we were, which the story we were focused on last week was from the book of Haggai. Along with him, they, him, Haggai, and uh, Zerubbabel and Joshua, they were all bringing people back uh, from captivity from Babylon, from Persia, and moving back into Jerusalem and rebuilding the city. And so, as time goes by. Uh, as they're getting here into this in, into this period, Zechariah is a prophet during this time. Uh, 
And he challenges the people at the very beginning of the book. He challenges them in six short verses and he tells them, look, the people before you did not obey God. They did not listen to God. They did not serve him. They, they, their actions showed that they, they wanted to, they were going through the motions. They made sacrifices. They did the things that made them look good, but ultimately their hearts were not towards God. Their hearts were not towards me. And so I did what I said I was going to do. I took them into captivity. Uh, I destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel and then took Judah into captivity and destroyed their kingdom, destroyed Jerusalem. And so Zechariah comes up and challenges the people of God and tells them, now, Will you do the opposite? Will you actually serve God? Will you build the temple, build the city, turn your hearts to God, repent, and do what God has called you to do? Live as God has called you to live. And the people agreed. They, they, were, they were in agreement with him. They said amen. And, uh, but, it, but it was like, but it was only an outward agreement. And it wasn't actually something that they were thinking about doing. They, they said yes, just like the people before. But they really did not have it in their hearts to follow God. And so Zechariah has a series of dreams that are talking about the picture of what Israel is at the time and the future that is to come of the Messiah. And so we find this passage of scripture... In in Zechariah chapter 8, verses 4 to 13, this is part of one of the dreams or visions that Zechariah has. And he is telling the people what it will look like if they will follow God. What what, What will their lot in life be? What will their kingdom look like? Their nation look like? What will their people look like if they give themselves over to God? So it says like this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem in the public places, each of them cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of this people at the time, but will it seem marvelous to me, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people from the countries of the east and to the west. I don't even know if I'm pointing in the right direction. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people. And I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Now hear these words. Let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. This is also what the prophets said who were present when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty. Before that time, there were no wages for people or hire for animals. No one could go about their business safely because of their enemies, since I had turned everyone against their neighbor. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past, declares the Lord Almighty. The seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops, and heavens will The heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. Just as you, Judah and Israel, have been a curse among the nations, so I will save you. And you will be a blessing. But do not be afraid. Let your hands be strong. Let your hands be strong. So there's a contrast going on here in Zechariah. Zechariah is contrasting what is going to happen to what they see now. To what 
Israel has faced, the curse that has been upon them, the destruction that they've seen, to the prosperity and the blessing that God will give them in the future. And I feel like this is a good picture to focus on right now because last year, around this time, I was preparing myself for 2020. Because um, 2020 is like the, everybody knows that 2020 is like perfect vision. You know, it's a, it's the, you don't have to have corrective lenses or anything like that. You just wake up and see, you know, God bless you. I can't. Uh, but 2020 is also synonymous with vision, like not just physical vision, but uh, what we want to see, what we want to do. And so I was thinking, what what is going to be 2020 like? And so many others, you know, I saw so many pastors, so many churches saying 2020 is going to be the year, you know, it's going to be the year of vision. It's going to be the year of glory. God's going to do amazing things. We're going to see so much happen. And then it didn't. (laughs) And then it just didn't. We ended up being trapped in our homes for a while. We ended up uh, trying to figure out what was going to happen doing, doing church online only. Some of us have lost people. Some of us have faced difficult circumstances. We've struggled financially. We thought, we thought it was going to be the year. This was going to be the, the greatness that we were going to see. We we're going to see the church grow. We were going to see God do amazing things. And then it just it just didn't. And that's, I feel like that's what the people of Israel were going through. They felt like they were promised things, their promised blessing, they promised all of this. And yet then they experienced captivity and destruction and loss and hopelessness. They were prisoners and slaves in a people, in a land that wasn't their own. And they faced all of this difficulty. And I think we, we feel for them. We understand them because we've been through something like that. We've faced difficult circumstances. We, we, we've been at a loss for what to do or where to go, what to say, what to, where, where do we, where do we pick up from? You know, and last week we talked about the necessity of building the church and what it looks like for us to be a church in this time of a new normal what it what it means for us to be focused on what we need to be focused on what we need to see yet it can be difficult to do all of that without really understanding a really feeling like there is a possibility of that because we can look at our circumstances right here right now and feel like well that's all good and well pastor but i don't know how we can actually do that because it doesn't feel like it where are the people at People aren't coming. People aren't here. We're doing church online. So how do, how can we do all of that? You know, people are struggling financially. How's the church going to grow? People are struggling, you know, with their faith. How are we going to do these things? And we wonder, we, 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 we try to figure it out, but all we can see is the right here, right now. And it's hard to focus on what might be. It's hard to focus on that. It is. I mean, cause think about it. We wanted to see good, but now we feel like we're under attack. We wanted to see blessing, but now we feel like we're cursed. We wanted to see all this, but now we're lost. But now we're lost. But see, it's easy to focus on right here, right now. And that's what everybody says, you know. You know, I think a lot of people, there are not many people in the world that focus too much on the past. Well, there are. There's a lot of us that focus on the past. Let me let me not say that, because there are. Uh, there's a lot of people that focus, a lot of us that focus on the past. We think constantly about what has happened. 
You know, and a lot of times it's negative. We think about the negative things that are happening. And then there are a lot of people that think about the future. They think so much about the future that they aren't living today. And that's what you always hear. Don't focus on the future. Don't focus on the past. Focus on the now because right here, right now is important. And it is. That is so important. But we can be blindsided by, blindsided by what is happening now and lose sight of what God wants to do in us and with us and through us. We can be blindsided by focusing only on the now because when we are in a difficult circumstance, focusing on the now only lets us see our trouble. Only lets us see our problems, our difficulties. Our sin, our brokenness, our loneliness, our hopelessness. When we focus on our struggles, that's all we see. We don't see what can be beyond that. We don't see what can be beyond that. Or or sometimes we, we look to the past instead of the future because it's easier. It's like, well, weren't times great? You know, weren't, weren't just things just great back then? Many organizations and groups in this world have failed because they have focused solely on the past. They thought, wasn't, wasn't it so great back then? And then they fall apart in the present because they just want things to be how they were. But things can't always be that way. We have to, we have to realize that there is more to it. We have to be aware, not of just our present, but we have to be aware of our past. We have to be aware of our present and we have to be aware of our future. We have to change our perspective. When we face trials and difficulties, it's easy to get stuck in the moment. But when we shift our perspective, when we, when we step back and see the bigger picture of the past, the present, and what is to come, we will get a clear image of what God wants for us, what God wants to do in us. You see, focusing on the past is a, can be a good thing because it reminds us of what God has already done. And I've talked about this so many times. We need to remember. It's so important for us to remember what God has done in our lives. Because when we see our difficulties and then remember what God has done for us, we say, God can do it again. God can, if God has worked in my past, he, has, he can work in my present. So we need to be aware of our past. We need to be aware of what's going on. We need to be aware of our, few, our present and not deny it. So many people will try to deny things and just say, everything's fine. Everything's good. You know, nothing's wrong. We just got to focus on, you know, being positive. Let's, let's just be positive. Let's be positive and, and ignore the fact that many people are still suffering today. Let's just, let's just be positive, you know. If, if we ignore the facts, anything can be real. I mean, that's true. You know, just, you can just imagine what your reality is. And if you ignore the facts, then, then life is just a fairy tale. But that's not how it is. We need to be realistic about our present. But most importantly, we need to also remember that God has a future in mind for us. You know, one of the most popular verses out there is Jeremiah 29, 11. We use it for graduations. We use it for, uh, someone getting a promotion we use it for celebration for birthdays for you know i i can't tell you how many how many birthday cards i've got with jeremiah 29 11 and it's like for i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans to prosper you plans to bless you not to curse you to give you hope and a future and that's that's so good you know it's it's great to know that 
But there is so much more to it. There's so much context to it. Because Jeremiah was talking about what was happening in Zechariah's lifetime. Jeremiah was saying, time, there will be a time from now where Israel will be destroyed. The city will fall apart. Jerusalem and the temple will be gone. And you will be captives in a nation that are not your own. But I know the plans I have for you. But I know the plans I have for you. He was speaking to a future that he didn't see yet. He knew his circumstances were bleak. He knew that Israel was going to face destruction. But still he held on to the truth that God had a plan. That God had a plan. So many times I believe Christians were focused so much on the present and the past that we lose sight of what God has already done in our future. See, God is the only one that can work in our future. God can work in the future right now, and God can work in the future tens, thousands of years ago. God can work in the future at any time. And he already has. When we are facing difficulties, we cannot lose sight of our future. John chapter 16 verse 33 says this. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he says, you know what? You're going to be persecuted. People are going to hate you. People are not going to like you because you love me. People are not going to like you because you don't make sense. People are not going to like you because you preach the truth and you love people and it's strange to them. You, you live in an upside down kingdom and people are not going to like you. They're going to put you to death. They're going to persecute. They're going to hate you. They're going to take things away from you. And then he tells them though, but I have told you these things. So that you may live in constant fear. No. I have told you these things so that you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Think about that. We are... So so many churches, so many Christians, so many believers, we, we like positive things. And so we love the promises of God. Well, you know, God promised to always be with us. Amen. That's true. Can I hear an amen? Amen. God promised to bless us. Amen. God promised to love us. Amen. God promised you trouble. There's a lot less amens for that one. God promised you trouble, but it's there. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. That's a promise. That's a fact. You might not like it, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, we don't like that. We don't, we don't like to talk about that. You know, in fact, we run the opposite way. When bad things happen to us, this is not God. God is not here. God is not. You know, we need to fight against this because God it doesn't want this for us. But he told them, I promise you, you will have trouble. I promise you, people are going to persecute you. I promise you, people are going to hate you. He promised. But, 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 he says, but, take heart. I have overcome the world. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus was looking at the present. He was looking at the future. 
10, 10 years, decades into the future, 100 years, thousands of years into the future. And he says, you will have trouble. But that last statement, take heart, I have overcome the world. That wasn't a statement uh, of, uh, of the present. It wasn't a statement of just the past. It was a statement that spoke into the past and to the finality of our future. He was looking at the book of Revelation when he was talking to John and said, guess what? I know how the story ends. I know, I've looked at the future. I've seen the future. I'm there right now. I know how the story ends. I know how the story ends. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have worry. You're going to face difficulty, but I know how the story ends. You already have the victory. You already won. You already won. See, a lot of times we're working for victory as if we have to, as if we have to fix things in this world so that God can come. So that God can, so that Jesus can return. We have to do the work to, so that He will be here. No, no, no. He's already finished. On the cross, he said those three words. It is finished. When he was on the cross, that was it. He says, I've done the work. I've done what is necessary. I've defeated death and the grave, and I've solidified the future. I worked, I pulled from the past and reached out to the future to finish all of this work. Our job today isn't to worry and worry if we're going to be victorious. No, for Christians, it's not about working for victory. It's working from victory. We reach out to people and tell them the gospel and tell them the love of Jesus and share them all of that because we know that it's true. It's already, it's already a fact. It's already true that they, have, they don't have to do anything but come to Jesus because the battle was already won. We don't have to worry about it, yet so much of, so many of us are focused on political things and worries of this world and troubles of this world because we're like, we wonder and we think, well, God is just, doesn't seem like He's doing anything. When the truth is, is that He's already fixed the problem. When He's already done what needs to be done, what done what needs to be necessary. And so if we are constantly working for victory, we miss what God is doing in the world today because he's already set things in motion to be, for there to be victory. He's already set things in motion. The outcome is already decided. We might not understand it. We might not see it. We don't know how to live in it. And that's, that's the problem. We don't know how to live in it. How do we live in this victory? How do we live in what God has called us to live in? How do we live out? And it's not about being confident or being, you know, never having fear or anything like that. No, God knows that we're, we live in the present. We are not like God. But God has already seen the future. He sees everything. He's already around us. He has us in his hands. And he don't, he's not asking you to not be afraid. He says, be strong. I know it's, I know it's frightening. I know it's troublesome. I know you're going to face difficulty. I'm not telling you to ignore it all. Instead, I'm telling you what you need to do. I'm telling you how do you, I'm telling you what you need to base your life on. This foundation, this victory, this Jesus, myself, whom I have given you all things, all blessings, all victory already. How do we do that? How do we do that? I'm going to teach you. First of all, we need to know that God remembers us. Because it's really easy to think that God isn't paying attention to you. 
Because, like I said, we fo- we're focused on our difficulties. We're focused on our worries. You know, we don't have enough money. Am I going to get this job? Am I going uh, to see a future? Am I going to be single forever? God doesn't remember me. Am I going to fail school? Am I going to get a career? Like, I, I, I don't feel these things. Am I going to get out of this sin uh, cycle of sin that I'm trapped in? I don't feel these things. I feel like God has ignored me, but God remembers us. In fact, the prophet Zechariah, name, his name means God has remembered us. And I don't think it's, a, it's definitely not a coincidence that God chose a man by the name of Zechariah to step into the time that he was in. The people definitely felt, Israel definitely felt as God had forgotten them. They definitely felt that because their city was in ruins. Their livelihood was in ruins. Nothing was the same. Nothing was normal anymore. But God sent Zechariah, a man whose name means God remembers and said, Hey, I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten my promise. I haven't forgotten my love. I haven't forgotten who you are. I haven't forgotten my call on this nation. I haven't forgotten my people. And he's saying to the church, I believe today, remember that you are remembered. Remember that you are loved. I have not forgotten the church. I have not forgotten the church. In fact, I think because God remembers us, he is using our circumstances to shape us. He remembers his promise and he is building us into the people that we need to be. Reminding us of what is important. Reminding us of what the church needs to do. That's the second thing. Be doers of the word, not just hearers. James 1, 22 to 25 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whatever look, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, that we be blessed in what they do. At the beginning, I said that, the, that Zechariah told the people, if you do what God has called you to do, if you listen to the word that I'm saying to you, you will see these blessings. And the people heard it. And they were like, amen. Come on. Let's do it. Let's live it out. And maybe they started out for a little while, but then they just dropped off. Maybe their hearts were in it for a moment. Maybe some of them never had their hearts in it. And they were just like, well, if I tell Zechariah, yes, if I say amen, then maybe he'll stop talking. Sometimes that's what I think when I'm preaching. Sometimes I think people are saying amen because they're like, finish already. I'm hungry. I need to go to lunch. I got plans. The game's coming on. Come on. Like, that's what I think. And so I think sometimes they were just telling that to Zechariah. They were like, amen. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you say, man, whatever. That's cool. God bless you. But he said, don't just be listeners. Because it's that's what a lot of us do. Many of us will come to Sunday services. We'll listen to preachings throughout the week. We'll hear what it does. And we'll feel good about having gone to church and then do nothing about it during the week. But he is calling us. He says, you want to see the blessing? You want to see the turnaround? You want to see destruction turn into glory? Then you have to w- walk in it. 
You have to walk in the word. You have to live it out. You have to love your neighbor. You have to fight for justice. You have to preach the word, show the truth, and share the gospel. This is how you're going to see it. Do the work. I said that God has already finished the finished the victory. He's already got given us the victory. So that means we don't have to worry about the future. But that doesn't mean that we can just coast on by. We work from victory. Remember what I said? We work from victory, not for victory. So we continue to do the work. We continue to do what the word says. This is how we remind ourselves. This is, this is how we can stay rooted in this victory. In this difficult time where we're trying to figure out the new normal, we must be grounded on the word of God and move from it. Move from it. Number three, connect ourselves in community with others. This is a commercial now for e-groups. <laughs> Uh, no, it really, one of the reasons why we, we talk about e-groups all the time is because it is so important. Because you can easily come to a Sunday service, fall into the crowd, step out, and just and feel like you've checked off the box. Feel like you've done your spiritual duty, you've sang the songs, you heard the preacher, and that's it. it it's... It seems like common sense. Like I've done my spiritual duty for the week. But it's more than that. To be grounded in our faith, we need more than just Sunday. Sunday is a day we celebrate and come together. Sunday is a day we celebrate and encourage each other. But there should be more going on throughout the week. We should be praying for each other. We should be lifting each other up. We should be worshiping together. We should be serving together. Community will keep you grounded. The Bible tells us bad company corrupts good character. So likewise, if you surround yourself, well, yeah, if you surround yourself with the wrong people and you go to church on Sunday, guess who has more of an influence on you? The other group of people that you see 90% of the time. The people that are in your life the rest of the week. So, on the opposite end, if we want ourselves to live out in victory, if we want ourselves to be strong in our faith and be connected and committed to God and see what He, see out what He has called us to do, then we need to surround ourselves with people who will affirm that. People who will pray for us, worship with us, serve with us, love us, push us to be better. Community is key to keeping us grounded and rooted in our faith. If we do not have that, if you do not get connected with us in e-groups, because we don't talk about what's just here on Sundays. There's more. We have discussions. We talk about faith. We talk about life. We pray for each other. And I've seen, I have seen, I have seen God work through our prayers. I have seen us pray for people to get jobs, pray for people to see movement in their life through healthcare, through other things. I have prayed, I've seen that happen, and I've seen God answer. So prayer together works. Reading and studying the word together works. Because otherwise, let's face it, if we are not thinking about, if we are only coming to church on Sunday, that's probably the only time we think about the Bible. If we're not talking about it with other people. Community is necessary. Community is necessary. And I'm about to finish here. 
When we see change, when we see something unfamiliar, it's hard to believe God that, that God will redeem any of it. That God will use the brokenness. And it, it, it can be hard right now. When we are looking out into our world, things don't seem well. Things don't seem good. You know, in fact, I just, uh, yesterday, um, I just saw that the United States has been recording 50,000 new cases of coronavirus every day this past week. More than that. And it doesn't seem like things are getting better. We keep hearing about vaccines and other things, and it just doesn't seem like it's turning around. We look at our nation, and it still seems divided, and people are fighting and arguing everywhere we go. Everything we see seems calamity. We look not outside of our nation, and things are are bad too. We're not the only ones facing this difficulty. And in the middle of all this, there are still brothers and sisters in Christ around the world being persecuted because they simply believe in Jesus. There are difficulties that we see and we we look around the world and we don't understand. God, how can you redeem? How can you make this better? I don't understand how the victory is there because it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like the victory is here. But Zechariah said, he said that, look, look, he said that. I know you don't see it. He says, I know you don't see it. He said, before there was a time, there was no wages, no people for hire, no no animals for hire. People couldn't go about safely because everybody was worried about their neighbor. He says, I know that you cannot see it now. Because what you see is the destruction. What you see is the trouble. What you see is the worry. But I want to tell you, lift up your eyes. Look to Jesus. Lift up your eyes because in him there is the victory. There is hope. So if we will hold on to Jesus, we're going to find that hope. It's going to come. It's not going to come right away. If you have not been looking at Jesus and saying, I'm going to trust in him for my future. I'm going to trust in him for my hope. It's not going to come right away when you say it right here, right now. It's going to take time. It's going to take time to see the fruit of your labor, to see the fruit of the work. But if you do these things, if you will remember that God remembers you. If you will remember that. If you will act out and live out the word. If you will stay rooted in community, sign up for e-groups, come with us, join us. I know Zoom isn't the same, but it's still great. If you do these things, if we stay rooted, we're going to be able to get through this. We'll get through the other side and we'll trust that God already has the victory. He's already won. He's already beat coronavirus one day. He beat the Spanish flu a hundred years ago. He'll beat coronavirus too. We'll make it through. The church has faced persecution, destruction, political corruption. It has faced so much in its existence in the last 2,000 years. And there are many who stand before us as witnesses, as the book of Hebrews chapter 12 says, tells us. There is a cloud of witnesses who has gone before us.
and they've already seen the victory. And in fact, they're in there, in up there in heaven with the Lord, looking down and saying, he's done it. Because we, we can see now. We can see what you can't see. That's what I want us to know today, is that God can see what you cannot see. In the darkness that you face, he sees the light. In the brokenness that you feel, feel, he sees the healing. In the loneliness, he stands with you. What you cannot see, God sees. The hope that you cannot find, he is. And he is, instead of just us holding on to him, uh, him he is holding on to us. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Would you stand with me this afternoon? Our new normal must not be our present struggle. Our new normal must be our hope in Jesus. Our hope in Jesus. Father God, I'm going to pray today for two things. For, for those of us who are struggling through this time and have been wondering, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I really don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to pray that God reminds us that he is our hope, that he is our light. But if there is someone who is struggling right now in, in the darkness, you feel like it's dark and everything is just surrounding you right now. I want you to know that there is love, there is hope in Jesus and that he is reaching out his hand to you. He is here in this moment. He is with you where you're at. If you are watching online, he is with you in this moment. And if you need Jesus, if you need a chance at a firm foundation, a chance to to experience his love, he is here for you. And if you want to know him today, we're going to pray for that. So every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray for those who need Jesus in this moment. That is you. If you're here in this place, just lift up your hand. If you're online, I want you to do the same thing. Lift up your hand. It may feel silly if you're watching online, but he is there with you. And just say this prayer with me. If you don't know what to say, just say this prayer with me. I need hope. I need love. And I'm reaching out to Jesus right now. Here is my life. All that I am, my brokenness, my sin, my hurt, here I am. Jesus, I give it to you. I need you. For anyone that said the prayer, in Jesus' name we pray over you. And you re- We want you to know, by his word, it says that you are now a new creation. You are welcome into the family of God. You are no longer alone. You are no longer, as, you don't have to struggle by yourself anymore. As we surround you in love, in prayer, and let you know that in this moment, the presence of God is there with you, covering over your past and saying, now you walk with me now you are my son my daughter now you are not alone and help us to be the church that builds them up God help us to let them know that they are not only loved by God but loved by us 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of us who have had a a hard time during this 2020, I, I know that's most of us. Let's put our trust in Jesus today. That he has, he's already on the other side. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to trust you. God, it's difficult for those who are struggling right now and they're looking for a job. In the name of Jesus, we pray for them. That they will find what they need. They will find provision. God, those that are struggling with their life's future, that are struggling with school, that are struggling with, with finances, that are struggling, God, just struggling with grief, with loss. Let us be reminded that you remember us, that you see us, that you have not forgotten us, and your promises stand true, that even though there is trouble, you have overcome, that even though we feel alone, that we are not, that even though we are sick, we will be healed, that even though we are, we are, we are, we are battling, we will come out victorious because you have already won. So help us, Jesus, because we need that. In this moment that we are afraid and hurt and weak, we need to know that you are strong, that you have already won the battle. We put our trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we put our trust in you. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystory. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.